Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another episode of Max and Friends. Well, happy new year, 2022. Two, two, two. We made it. We're here. I love you all for joining me. This is going into my 14th year of Max and Friends here on LA Talk Radio and now on all podcasting platforms. So welcome to the show. You know, I wanted to do a show today where the topic, although might sound grim, grief, For many, it's therapeutic, it's lethargic, it's something necessary, it's growth, it's what we need to go through, it's what we're doing, even when we don't know we're doing it. There are moments when we're grieving and we have to pull ourselves out of that moment, or not, to acknowledge grief. But I'm not talking about grief for the dead, I'm also talking about grief for the living. Where do we stand when we grieve if we're no longer talking to someone, if a friendship has ended, if our relationships with family members have ended have they really ended and where are we in this now moment alan watts says there is never anything but the presence and i believe in that totally i believe in right now where we are is exactly where we're supposed to be and that's celebrating all that is life in this moment and if there is grief that you're going through and if you're experiencing it and you want to talk about it dm me at max tucci on instagram on twitter find me on clubhouse at mr max tucci And let's continue the conversation. I know grief is a personal thing. We've talked about it here many times on Max and Friends throughout the years. And I wanted to really open this new show and new year with the exploration of grief and what does it mean? When I was first thinking about this topic for today, I said grief. You know, I I look at grief in so many different facets. And what came to mind first and foremost was grief, releasing grief. And how do we do that? We can cry, we can scream, we can dance, we can sing, but ultimately it's in love. Grief is love. We long for the love of those that are no longer with us. And we long for the love of those that are here, but we're not talking to anymore. So how can we get through it together? When you're going through hell, don't stop. And sometimes grief can be hell for so many. So I welcome you to sit back, relax. This is gonna be a life class for sure. We have a great guest on. We've found each other (laughs) on Clubhouse, and I'll tell you more about her in just a minute. I'm going to read to you about being aware, the wisdom of insecurity by Alan Watts, a message for an age of anxiety. And there's a question that he starts with on being aware. The question, what shall we do about it, is only asked by those who do not understand the problem. If a problem can be solved at all, to understand it and to know what to do about it are the same thing. On the other hand, doing something about a problem which you do not understand is like trying to clear away darkness by thrusting it aside with your hands. When light is brought, the darkness vanishes at once. So where are you in your grief? How are you grieving? Are you grieving in darkness? Are you grieving in light? Where are you in grief? 
think about that question. And I want you to really tell a friend about Max and Friends. Tell a friend who's grieving. Hey, you've got to tune into this show because what it's going to do is it's going to raise the vibration on grief. And with that said, Barry, who's my guest today, is a modern multi, I don't even know this word. <laughs> She's an author, a journalist, a commercial and editorial stylist and editor. She's also a certified yoga and meditation instructor. And in recent years, she is the chief grief officer of the, of the Memory Circle, which she founded in order to create a space for grief stories to live in modern society. She has since become a certified grief coach and educator and studied with David Kessler, among many greats. Barry and I, like I said, we met on the wonders of the stages of um, Clubhouse. She's been featured on the Today Show, Elle, Vogue, Extra, The Nate Burkis Show, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Magazine, and so many more. And like me, Barry learned about death when her mom passed away, suddenly, 1993, of a brain aneurysm. And we had some private moments before the show, and we talked about grief, and we talked about her mother's death. Actually, it was on a clubhouse. And how her mom passed on a beach. And what does that all mean? And for many years, for myself, with my father's death, grief was anger. It was a really big fuck you. And I wrote a book. Actually, I wrote a passage, uh, an essay in Dr. Sister Jenna's book called Meditation by Sacred Stories, which will be published February 2nd, 2022, and it's 222 pages. And in that book, I talk about how my fuck you turned into my thank you, how I realized that my father's death gave me my life, that I was able to be me. I wasn't chained to the restaurant like many of you know that I would have been. So really, it was a process. It took many years for me to get from that fuck you to the thank you. But in those years, I learned many, many things, and we're going to share them here tonight on Max and Friends. Welcome, Barry, to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And I think what was most interesting and most surprising and, and always a bomb is that when we hear each other's stories, we heal. Mm. And that is so beautiful to me. And so I've tried to make plates and space where there wasn't one for me, uh, for those to gather. And that's really how the memory circle was born. It was just a place to sit shoulder to shoulder with others who had experienced loss of any incarnation. Like you said, it's not always the loved one can be just the invitation to name it grief and to be able to process whatever it is that you are grieving. Mm. Well, let's talk about <laughs> grief. Let's talk about it for you and what it means for you and how you got into, into really wanting to help others grieve and got into grief sure. work. So let's go back sure. and let's do this memory lane, the genesis of, let's go back to that day in 1993 when your mom passed. Sure, sure. 1993, Ellen Jane um, called me and said, um, I am taking, and she, she had such a sailor mouth, I am taking the fucking day off. Um, she was a realtor. And she's like, who's going to buy a house in this heat? And I grew up at the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. So she decided she was going to take the day off, but not go to the place where she usually went, which was like our beach club, not fancy, just like along the Jersey shore, you belong to somewhere where you have like a little locker. Mm -hmm. 
but she decided to go to the public beach because she just wanted the aloneness and the solitude. So she, we've done our Nancy Drew recognizance on uh, how her day went. We found a receipt for three pounds of Santa Rosa plums, three. Those are the like really dark, almost black in the center, juicy plums. They come but once a summer and she was Uh obsessed. Three pounds. There were no more plums left in the bag. She also had a trashy novel, which I still have. And I think she was trying to tell us something from um, Behind the Veil. But it was like this trashy novel by um, Ivanka Trump, which cracks me up to this day. I I tuck it away. (laughs) And... She was this avid reader. She had a stack by her bed that you can't even believe, but she read so quickly that she always brought like a trashy novel to the beach because the magazine wouldn't be enough and her good books needed to stay home. And so we know she devoured that one and was taking a beautiful day off. And as the sun set, there was a couple on the beach and they didn't want her to be there by herself. So the woman tapped her on the shoulder and, and, Good fortune of all good fortune. The woman happened to have been a nurse and she knew exactly what had happened to my mom and called Mm. for help. My mom was unresponsive. They brought her to the hospital. Uh, We had known that she had wanted her organs donated. Some of those conversations that we have when we lose another loved one, her mother, um, she's like, you know, if we can help one person, yeah, why not? So fast forward to like, I believe the holidays of that year. And we went to a very glum lunch, my sister, Dana, and my stepfather and I. And as we were leaving the restaurant, he said, girls, you know, I struggled whether or not to tell you this, but when they went to donate mommy's organs, they found early stage liver cancer. And here I was sort of like walking in circles, numb with, Grief, not even grief that I could name because I had no resources, really. There were there was nothing for me. It was like, go back to work. You know, the house is cleared of everybody that's come to pay their respects, but there was no discussion of even, are you okay? You know, it was sort of a hug to my sister and we'll be there for each other and mom is gone and we went back to work. So it was, it was, unbelievable to me that there was some knowing, some answer, some reason. Now, there will never be a reason for why a woman who was vivacious and healthy and the best darn mom in the world and so giving and started so many um, programs for giving back to homeless in our area. She said, how can we sell these houses and not have a program for the homeless? I mean, she was everything. She was um, an it girl before there were it girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a, a, a subtle semblance of meaning in finding out the kind of death that she may have suffered. Mm. And that if she could have written her ending, growing up in Asbury Park, growing up near the beach, moving back to the beach with my father when they got married. I was a bike ride from the beach. We had 
sand in our blood and we swam like fish. Um, it was so part of our lives that I think if someone said, how would you write the ending? And she was a beautiful wordsmith. I think that may have been it. Mm. I, I almost imagine her at some like virtual fork in the road and someone saying, you can have this or you can have this. <laughs> and she signed up for like the, you know, beauty in a beach chair at 50, yeah. you know, um, forever and always this just the beauty that remains in our minds and our hearts and young forever. I mean, you know, epically too soon, never knowing yeah. my children, never knowing my sister's children, but, um, and never really a visitor of her mm. mother's grave. And so in some ways she really taught us that the person was not graveside to her. The mm. person was where we, we live. Mm. The person who you miss is in the memories. Mm-hmm. So she was an epic discount shopper and so such a great dresser. And she, um, she once in jest said, you know, just sprinkle my ashes all over, you know, Lomans, little at Lomans, a little, at, you know, all her, discount, all her, all her favorite discount stores were like, mom. And then um, what became less of a joke is that when the tears, stopped around her, you know, birthdays as they crept up year after year, my sister and I reframed her birthday as a celebration. And that's what I tell my clients. Mm -hmm. You can reframe how you remember in so many ways. (laughs) And we compare at the end of the day, not necessarily who got the better bargain, but let's just say I'm pretty good at it. Um, (laughs) But we have reframed the day. You know, I, I think it would make her epically sad to know that her girls were sad around her loss, that yeah. we would in any way have defined our lives by yeah. losing her, that we would rise up and do something really magical. She knew a lot of, she was at my wedding, you know, she knew a lot of what we did and a lot of, we knew a lot of what made her proud of us. But for so long, I felt that if I defined myself by loss in any way, that it would disappoint her. And so I think that's why it took me so long to lean into the work. But it kept whispering to me, you know, I'd meet a motherless daughter here and a motherless daughter there and somebody who I would get into a really deep conversation about death. And it would always make me feel so full. And I realized that it wasn't a shadow topic. It was a topic that we needed to be talking about, loud, proud. It's something that we're all going to go through. And the more we make it part of our day-to-day vernacular, the Mm. less shameful it can actually be. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, what they do is they focus on the death rather than focusing on the wonderful years that we were with these people. You know, the the Mm -hmm. years that we were able to focus on these people, we focus on the death and the cause of the death, rather than all the years we were able to celebrate with them. My father died when I was eight years old, similar to your mom. Yeah, that's pick up from there. (laughs) Yeah, but that's more more about 
us. That's more right. about how we wish to remain in the world. And that's a choice that we have. So right. you can go the woe is me path, right? Why mm-hmm. me and, and all of that. Or what I have found, and it doesn't mean you need to like create like a golf tournament or a wing on a hospital. It just means very small steps towards making some kind of meaning. It could be a recipe. It could be right. a poem that they love that's spoken each year. Someone was just saying at the holidays, they fill uh, the stocking uh, mm-hmm. with a paper and a pen and everybody fills in a memory of the person that's no longer there. And they take them out one by one and read them aloud. Some are hilarious. <laughs> Some are right. inside jokes, you know, like, and that also I went to many, many years down the road. I found myself in uh, about to create a circle and got a call from the founder of the space. And she said, This woman who's a medium wants to know if you want to collaborate with her. Her name is Cindy from Revealing Soul. And I was like, collaborate? Hmm. Like, I don't even know what that looks like, but I'd have to go see her to see if she's like a a crack pot or (laughs) like the real deal. (laughs) And so I said, sure, I'm going to go meet her first. So for whatever reason, I never went to a medium ever in all the years since she had passed. And she really believed in that stuff. She really did. And so I went and met with Cindy and gosh, my mother came through like wildfire through the entire conversation and Cindy could barely get her out of the place. And she kind of is like releasing the, the, the spirit from the room and the spirit from her place and the, the spirit from her life and please go, you know, please everybody leave now. I'm done with you. I have an ex client coming. Everybody leave. <laughs> and Cindy says, wait, she has one more thing. And I'm like, this is so my mother. Don't make it sad. Yeah. Her only rule for the memory circle. Don't make it sad. Yeah. You know, and it's similar because my father died in the same way that your mother died. He had a massive stroke. And it was on my eighth birthday. And, um, mm. you know, in that moment of eight years old and being presented death and what does that mean? I never understood it really as an eight year old. I just thought like my father was going to Italy and he'll be back, <laughs> you know? Mm. And so honoring ancestors has always been something that I've done for since a child. And I remember when we had spoken just a couple of days on Clubhouse, you know, for me, it's about going outside into nature and really looking mm-hmm. at the trees and and experiencing nature and saying my father's name and saying my ancestor's name. We have a mausoleum not far from my farm here in New York. And so I am able to go there and hang out and chill. And, you know, it doesn't even irk me that, you know, these are like <laughs> dead bodies in coffins in this, in this mausoleum because it's not about that for me. It's about the mm-hmm. energy, picking that up. And, you know, do I go to the cemetery to grieve more? Not really. I go to just make sure that the perpetual cleaning is being done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> For me, we, also- yeah, we planted we planted a Santa Rosa plum tree at yeah. my mom's graveside, and um, <laughs> I I don't go, but whoever shows up is always giving us like the tree report. 
You see? So for me, it's like I can go outside right here at the farm and I can feel the trees move. I could feel the energy of my ancestors. Mm. And so for me, it's really about beautiful communication. It doesn't end. Mm -hmm. Communication for loved ones doesn't have to end just because they're no longer here. So you're listening to no. Max and Friends right now on LA Talk Radio and all podcasting platforms. My guest is Barry Grant, Chief Grief Officer. You can find her at BLG on Instagram and at the Memory Circle and on Twitter at Barry, B-A-R-R-I. The website is thememorycircle.com. We're talking about grief. We're going to sw- we'll just slightly move into the grief now for the living. What does it mean when we have a conversation about grief for the living? What does it mean when we've lost conversations with the ones we loved and yet they're a phone call away? Do we want the last phone call to be, it's too late, they've passed. So how do we pick up and how do we deal with grief and get through grief and experience grief for loved ones that are still alive with all to begin with? I think that you have to name it grief for mm-hmm. the other. I think sometimes it starts with, it depends on you. I think sometimes it starts with a letter because I think the phone call is for many a lot. So I think sometimes it starts with a letter. What are you missing? I grieve our friendship. I grieve the times and mention them. Like what was the togetherness? Is there confusion in the loss of the friendship? Did something get in the way? Like, Ask the questions that you feel in your heart because there are two sides. That person may be telling themselves a whole different story than you're carrying in your heart. Mm. So first we need to let them know with kind of a nothing to lose scenario, right? The truth, the absolute most authentic truth that you have inside of you. Something that disappointed you, some words that hurt you. If you want to rectify that relationship, under what terms? Also, like, what are your expectations? Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's a sometimes there's a marriage. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a relationship. Sometimes you're the one that feels slighted because you are no longer the number one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a business that needs to go the wayside and there was a friendship in the business and they should be separate, but they are often not. It's a wonderful time to reach back out, especially at the beginning of the year. Get quiet and think about three people who you have not been in touch with and how that makes you feel and what you could do, baby steps. <laughs> to get back in touch with them in a way that would be authentic to the both of you. Is that person open to a phone call? Can you just pick up the phone? Cause you haven't called in a while. Does it feel too late? It's almost like when people say, it's almost like when people say to me, Oh, it's too late to write the condolence card. Mm. It's never too late to write the condolence card. You only feel shame around that. It's never too late to resurrect a friendship, a friendship that had meaning, that had great meaning. So it may be that you say, I would like to get together for a coffee. I would like to go for a walk. I would reach out and pick a, you know, write a card, send an email. How, how did you formerly relate to one another? 
that's how you reach out. And you can only, you're only one half of that relationship. So you can only do your best in trying to rectify it. And if it cannot be repaired, you do need to grieve the relationship Mm -hmm. just as you would grieve the dead. I miss a dear friend. I miss a dear friend. When those photos come up in my memories, Mm. it is as sad as if that person is gone. I watch her child grow. My children are friendly with her child. It's heart-wrenching. And I reached out every which way, and it was not reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. You know, we I did gr- a really I great show. friendship. I understand fully because, you know, when I started a relationship, uh, a romantic relationship, you know, I was putting a lot of effort into understanding what that was and making sure that it was what I wanted. And so it was difficult to really be involved with friends, not because I didn't want to be with them anymore or hang out with them anymore, but, you know, I was really projecting my future, my life and what I wanted out of it. So a lot of friends took that super personally and they were single, you know, and they took that super personally. And it was a, it was a struggle for many years of, you know, it wasn't about you. It wasn't a disrespect towards you. It was just, this is what I needed for me. But I needed it for me, you know, and I had a great show years ago with Ash Beckham, who's a wonderful TEDx speaker, TED speaker. And Ash Beckham approaches hard conversations from a place of compassion, empathy. And she said, you know, we have to invite people to a hard conversation. And Barry, I love the way that you said, write a letter, questions in our hearts. I grieve when I grieve our finish those sentences, write that letter. That letter becomes an invitation to a hard conversation. And I think when people, you know, if you just jump into a conversation and say, I grieve it when you don't have a, it turns into a heated argument and then you don't ever resolve anything because you hang up the phone again. So grief, you know, when it comes to reconciliation, there is kind of a hard conversation. But Barry, you phrased it so perfectly with these questions. So for our listeners tonight, what are the questions that are on your hearts tonight? What are the grief questions? You know, if we can call a thing a thing and we can call a friendship that we don't have communication with any longer grief, how is it that you're going to be able to rectify it, to celebrate it, to bring it back into flourishing, if that's what you want? 2022 is here. We have a new year. You know, we used to do New Year, New You shows. For me now, it's it's always a new moment. So we can learn in new moments. We don't need a year. But for so many people, a new year is this new projection of what their lives are going to be. So if you're grieving and if you want to explore more about grief and what it means, Barry, how can we find you? Am I still here? (laughs) I think I'm still here. Um, I might have lost my little circuit here. Well, if you're still here at the MENLA Talk Radio, then we're talking about grief. (laughs) My guest is Barry. She'll be back in just a minute. And let me find out what's going on. In the meantime, tweet me at Max Tucci, Instagram me at Max Tucci. Let me go. Uh, let me know what's going on in your life. And let me see here what's going on. I can talk just until like the that. Hi, and, and here like we're that. back. <laughs> the spirit, the spirit took over. <laughs> and just like that. And just like that. And you know, I think, oh, I know for sure that when there's always a resolution, something tries to confuse 
the path to resolution. <laughs> and being here 14 years, I would know for sure is that I don't ever stress out anymore. I'm like, you know what? Shit happens. If the, if the internet got banned, whatever, whatever, here we still are. So moving forward, did you hear about when I was talking about the hard conversations? Yes. Now, this is the perfect yes. uh, like, invitation to hard conversations. And, you know, yes. from I, I'm a great assumer of of greatness <laughs> i'm a great assumer of peace and love and i assume that everybody wants to be in that space so by no means for our listeners tonight if you are done with that relationship and you don't want to go through it anymore and you want to deal with grief in your way honey do you <laughs> don't i don't agree be, do you do you you know so i just want to throw it out there because i know from experience that people are gonna be like don't tell me how to grieve and by no means are we telling anyone how to grieve. I just feel that in spirit. Grief is a personal exploration. It's a do you kind of a thing. So grieve the way you want. But if you're searching for tools that will help you grieve, and if you're searching for ways where you can have communication with those that you still love that are alive because you're grieving for those friendships, then you're at the right place. <laughs> but mm -hmm. Barry, how can we find you if we want to explore grief in other ways? I meet with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I also am big on Clubhouse. I have a room on Clubhouse, the memory circle by the very same name. And we meet all the time with authors, guests. Um, I also host through a beautiful group called Alter. Um, all of my uh, upcoming events and uh, podcast interviews are all at thememorycircle.com. Um, I do a writing workshop every Thursday on Clubhouse, and it is an hour of generative writing and therapeutic art prompts. I believe that we all move through grief differently, and so it doesn't matter whether you're showing up because you have something to work through that's on your plate that just feels heavy, or it is actually a person that you're grieving. And so I explore the many modalities, not only the ones that work for me, but the ones that I've learned from David, the David Kesslers of the world and the Hope Edelmans and all of the people I have been honored to study with and share them because, as you said, there's no one right way. There's no uh, two people that grieve the same way. And grief is a very long arc. I think what happens is grief mm. doesn't get smaller over time. I believe that we build the tools so that we are stronger and bigger in the process. Yeah. And we learn with that kind of strength um, to move through it with a reality that makes us feel mind, body, and soul like we can move forward as it companions us. Now, let me ask you this question, and I should have asked it but at the top of the show, but I feel like this is the time to ask it. What is grief? What is grief? Grief is the longing for what is no longer there. Mm. Say that one more time. Grief is the longing for what is no longer there. Yeah, that's the simplicity of it. So why do we complicate grief? And is there a way to complicate grief? Because it's so final. Mm. It's so final. In the beginning stages of grief, it is so impossibly hard to imagine that that person is never going to walk through the door again. You are never going to pick up the phone and call them again. It's so finite. I mean, for years, my sister was like, mom's at the mall. 
she's at the mall. <laughs> I wrote this like scathing um, uh, essay once about the idea that we use the word loss, like uh, the loss of a loved one. I'm like, she's not lost. She's mm. not in the woods. She's not in the mall. She's not lost. She's dead. Yeah. It's so hard to say. And it's even harder to to fathom that they're never returning. Yeah. So the work is in, like you said, in the visiting with them in a way that comforts you. Whether that is writing to them, writing when you need their counsel, you can get real quiet and ask them for their advice and just see what comes in a form of automatic writing, like grab that pen and pencil and just see what comes. It's profound. It's prophetic advice. It's amazing that it's still so there. We are so much closer to the veil than we think we are. And the body really doesn't, doesn't know whether we're cellularly, our body doesn't know whether we are with the person or not whether they are earthly or otherwise. So if you wish to connect with them, talk to them, ask yes. them, write to them, write through them, ask their advice. They're there for you and ask for signs. They don't want to frighten you. So if you mm. believe, ask for signs. Wow. Wow. Ask for signs. And what I know for sure is, Ask and be prepared to receive because what you're looking yes. for is looking for you. <laughs> what yes. you're looking for is looking for you. So if you're looking to reconnect with a loved one, they're looking to reconnect with you. You just haven't asked yet. <laughs> so ask, 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 ask. Yeah, I asked once in a reading and my mom was like, how much closer can I be? Like I'm on her shoulder. How much closer can I be? Exactly. exactly. And I love that we can join each other right now, Barry, and just laugh over death because I think we've experienced it and, and, and we've processed it. So for those who are processing it, I promise you, you'll be able to get here where Barry and I are right now. Really, that's mm. the truth. Process is there. It is the it's, one, it's, it's one that, you know, it's a journey. It's not about the destination of when you're going to arrive. It's about the mm -hmm. journey and the process that you have to go through in order to realize your heart is broken. And that you want peace and, from peace. And it can be re and it can be repaired. And right. grief will ebb and flow. There will That's be difficult right. days on the calendar. There will be days that you wake up and you say, shoot, I forgot it was her birthday. And you feel a little bit guilty, but there's a lot of whole lot of healing in that. And I think mine is just a little further in my rearview mirror. And that's what I tell my clients. It's mm. the reason that I can be have a little bit of a different perspective just a little further in my rearview mirror doesn't mean I miss her any less it's just that I hold the heaviness in one hand and the happiness in the other hand and mm -hmm. I hold them both up to spirit higher power whatever that is I just hold my hands up and some days I need to put down the thing that's heavy to carry and that's okay. That's okay too. It sure is. 
Well, I'm so glad you're here joining me on Max and Friends tonight. I'm glad that we can have this conversation about grief because so many people don't know how to touch it and they don't want to go there. <laughs> and here we are just yes. diving right into it. <laughs> and please, please, there's always been like a tradition in the in the memory circle. Please say your loved one's name into the room, into any room you're in. You know, when you say, you see like someone in the checkout and the, you know, the the big red onion goes rolling by and you say, oh, my mother would never let us get red onions. She only liked the white onions. My mother, Ellen, my mother, Ellen loved XYZ candy. My mother, Ellen, we call my mother, grandma, Ellen, by the way, she was never a grandmother, but we say so many things are grandma, Ellen. Mm. Say their name. Say their name. There's that African proverb. Every time you say my name, my spirit shall surround you. And so every time I see the names, I know their energy is felt around me. So with that mm -hmm. said, I gotta wrap this show up. I'm so grateful that you're here. You know, it was like a spontaneous, can we do this? I felt like we needed to because I feel like so many people are grieving. You know, we've had mm -hmm. two years of enormous amounts of death. We've had two years of really of distancing ourselves. And when we distance ourselves, sometimes we distance ourselves from the conversations that we need to have, the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So start with and the you know, letter. It's a reckoning on a reckoning, this, yeah. this pandemic. For a lot, it's created a lot of re-grief and a lot of quietness to think. Mm. So think about what it is you wish to repair inside or outside in a relationship and begin with small steps and ones that feel authentic to you. Beautiful. Start with the first step. That's all it takes is the first step. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are here that will help you take the step if you feel you can't do it on your own. Barry's one of them. So I love that mm -hmm. at the top of the show, Barry, you said, when we hear each other's stories, we heal. And I hope this Max and Friends has been a healing journey for you tuning in tonight. Tweet me at Max Tucci. Instagram me at Max Tucci. I love you for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up now. So what I want you to take with you into this week is the simplicity of this. Start conversation whether with someone who has passed or whether it's someone who you need to talk to. We're here for you. Start the conversation. I promise you, it might not be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Until next time, I love you for tuning in. Remember to take life to the max. Until next time, good night and good karma. I'm your host, Max Tucci from Max and Friends.